welcome to the Arbor Pod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Jackie Stempion in the case of the fervent fungus. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbor Culture. I was just finishing up a particularly perplexing case involving phloem necrosis in American elms that had had me tied up in knots for weeks when a homeowner called, sounding quite worried. My name's Bill Claggett, and I live over on Spearfish Road, he said. I could tell by the tone of his voice he was upset, and I asked him what the problem was. Well, see, my red cedar developed some greenish-brown blobs last summer. I deduced that the blobs that Mr. Claggett was talking about were galls on his Juniperus, but I didn't want to confuse him with terminology. I urged him to continue. Then one day, the blobs started developing these long, orange, jelly-like horns after a few good rains in the spring. Man, was I freaked. Next thing I know, over on the leaves of my crab apple, I see these sickly yellow spots with red rings around them. He said he'd finally had enough of the culprits trying to bump off his tree and decided to give me a call. As I hung up the phone, I thought, aha, a double whammy. And my years of experience told me there was a connection between these two problems with just one killer responsible. Wanting to quell the homeowner's fears, I dropped what I was doing and visited the scene of this attempted arboricultural double homicide. I knew that a fungus was among us. I immediately spied the specialized fruiting structures, aka spermagonia, on the crabapple leaves and the, the hideous orange gelatin-like horns, aka telial horns, on the red cedar leaves. The possibilities flitted through my mind. Could it be cedarkin's rust? No, that type of rust mainly occurs on the twigs of the hosts. Could it be cedar hawthorn rust? Again, no. That rust is known for its short and stubby telial horns, and it typically doesn't have red rings around yellow spots like the ones I saw on this crab apple. I was beginning to run out of options. Could it possibly be cedar apple rust? The crime scene had all of the usual signs and symptoms of that fungus. Long telial horns on the red cedar and yellow spots surrounded by red rings on the crab apple. Yes, I decided, cedar apple rust was the culprit behind this heinous fungal crime. Although this rust is simply an ugly nuisance on cedars, it can be deadly for an apple. The fungus cycles between apples and cedars. The isiospores from the infected apple tree are blown onto cedars between the months of June and September. The following summer, small greenish-brown galls form on the foliage and may eventually reach up to two inches in diameter. After a few warm rains the following spring, the galls form long, orange, gelatin-like telial horns. These horns become many times bigger than the gall itself. Telial horns are made up of two-celled spores called teliospores. Each of these teliospores produces four basidiospores that can be blown by the wind up to two or three miles away, where they land on unsuspecting apple leaves or fruit. 
If a slight amount of moisture is present and the temperature is between 56 degrees Fahrenheit and 61 degrees Fahrenheit, the spores will germinate within hours, penetrating the plant host tissue. Spores are not likely to germinate if the temperature is below 47 degrees Fahrenheit or above 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Depending on the weather and the apple's susceptibility to cedar apple rust, yellow leaf spots may appear between one and three weeks after germination. These spots enlarge and form small black bumps called spermagonia. The spermagonia produce a sticky substance that holds spermatia, which fertilize the fungus. The sticky substance attracts insects that carry the spermatia from rust spot to rust spot. The fungus then grows in the leaves and produces isia, which in turn produce isia spores that infect cedar leaves and possibly apple leaves and fruit. These isia spores are released from June through August. The whole process takes about two years, spending about a year and a half on cedar, but only six months on the apple. There are a few ways of holding off this fervent fungus. By not planting cedars or apples within the same landscape, the life cycle of this fungus cannot be completed, which effectively staves off a continuing appearance of the disease. Also, resistant varieties of apples can prevent this unsightly intruder. But if you already have apple trees and cedars growing together, you can use a fungicide on the apple trees at seven-day intervals, starting when they bloom and finishing when the galls on the cedars have stopped spreading spores. Fungicides also may be used on cedars from June through September at two-week intervals. These methods, however, are expensive ways of controlling the disease. Sometimes it makes more sense economically to remove one of the two hosts from the landscape. Another option is to prune the galls out of the cedar before telial horns are formed. This method is most efficient in small areas, such as a backyard. Also, remember that the spores can travel two to three miles. If other cedars in the neighborhood have these same galls, they can contribute to the problem. In the end, we could save only the red cedar. It just wasn't going to work out with the two hosts in the same landscape. The crab apple didn't pull through. On the upside, Mr. Claggett already has plans for a new flowering tree to take its place. He was looking into a resistant variety of crab apple, possibly malice radiant, with pretty pink flowers and red fruit, just like the one that had gone before. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD3545 to complete the quiz. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. Mm-hmm.